Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Chick-fil-A restaurateur and community leader Kevin Williams has learned some powerful secrets to success over his 30 years of leading one of America's fastest growing companies. He says it's not just kindness, but irrational kindness that plays an essential role. I'm so happy that you took the time to join us today. And I have a question. What if instead of being kind, you stretched yourself to be irrationally kind? What would that look like? What would that mean, both as you treat yourself and as you treat others? Well, I have a special guest today who is going to talk about that. Kevin Williams is um, a man I met not too long ago, maybe six months ago. Kevin and I were at a retreat together, and he he was talking about this idea of irrational kindness. Now, Kevin um, considers himself a waffle fry cook, but also is a, one of the very few people who owns um, three Chick-fil-A franchises, a three-time franchisee. And so I am so excited, Kevin, to have you with me today. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about Irrational Kindness, which happens to be, dun, 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 your new book. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. How exciting. Well, you know, um, when I first met you and to hear your passion behind kindness, I'm like, yes, this is this is perfect. We're going to get along just awesome. Yep. And you sharing your book and the journey that you went on and and the journey that we're on. It's just fun. And I'm just excited about being here uh, to, to be able to, uh, to, to spend some time talking about what we both love in the spirit of kindness. No kidding. Well, and I think there are a lot of people who love kindness and then they just gosh, there's something standing in their way as far as like putting a book out there or or doing something irrationally kind. And so the first thing I need to know is you own three restaurants. Where did you find time to write a book? Well, um, some days I'm not so sure. <laughs> but it is hard. But, you know, I say 80% of the day is just keeping things spinning. But, you know, I'm trying to carve out my brain this 20% of time to look further down the road. Yeah. And that's what the spirit of this was. It was really, I do a thing called Coffee with Kevin, where I get to spend time with all our new team members. We have about 350 team members that work with us across our stores here in uh, in uh, in our town in Canton, Georgia. And uh, so to be able to connect with each of them, it really felt I need to be intentional. And this idea of writing a book came up just to say, hey, what if I could take all these different ideas about how we're talking about how beautiful they are the way they were created, a 16-year-old, just to encourage them that, you know, the way God could design them is just beautiful. And uh, and then failure, to see the, the wonderfulness in failure and to be able to celebrate that and to get their mind, my mind as well as theirs, just to shift to see a different to see the world in a different light. And so that's what started me on this journey. And, and, uh, and uh, here we are today. So how would you describe this book? Well, I say it's, it's really, it's the crazy pursuit of an extraordinary life is kind of the way we've described it, but really it's seeing your, seeing the world and yourself in a, in a different light. You know, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic where, where we need a vaccine to keep us safe. Well, you know, to think, in a different way in this world today, I don't have a vaccine for that. There's not a one-shot wonder for to think differently, to think of love and care and kindness in a different way, and to see um, to see differently. Really, is a renewing of the mind every day. 
So it's a, it's a, the, to think irrationally is to say, I'm not going to let, I'm going to constantly try to reboot my mind every day to clear out the junk and start fresh and see differently. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the restaurant business is crazy. It's transactional. It's fast food. You know, uh, it's fast. It's, um, we're working with young people. There's a lot, lot to do. But at the same time, what a wonderful opportunity to shine a light in that world and think differently. And uh, I think that's what we're the opportunity that you're on, that I'm on to see to try and just see things differently if we can. Yeah, I was reading the book and I was thinking, first of all, I, I want to move to Georgia, specifically Canton, Georgia, so that I can work for you. Like I just to be in your presence, <laughs> it would be super fun. And as I was reading the book, I was thinking, OK, this is now in print so that you can mentor people through the pages of a book, whether they're young people or old people, but it really has this heart of mentorship and you can see how you would have used these thoughts of irrational kindness to, to mentor people for the past 30 years of working in the restaurant business. And you know, you talk about things like the chords of life and failure and, um, Oh, being spontaneous and, and, and using the margins in your life for good. But so all those things uh, seem to me that they come back to not necessarily saying, go do this. This is your checklist. This is the, these are the things that are going to make you successful. It's not that. It's, hey, you're okay. You're, you're okay and you're going to be okay and you are loved. Uh, was that? part of your intentional irrationality with this book? Absolutely. Because the world doesn't always give us that. It doesn't, they don't hand that to us. They hand, you know, you turn on the news and you're going to see device divisiveness, you know, a lot of conflict and challenge, but that's not the real world. The real world has a lot of love and kindness in it, you know? And so to tell people, Hey, let's, let's fight to see it differently. Let's fight to cheer each other on a lot more that, you know, like I said, we're all on our own race. You know, we, we talk a lot about the joys in the journey, the journey, the journey of the struggle is the beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And when you realize that, you know, the struggle that, you know, I'm facing that you're facing, no matter what you, what you, where you are in life, we're all facing it. And that we're there to each other to cheer each other on. We're going to, first of all, a team member is going to perform at their best. And then um, they're going to see a future that they can change the world in. And so, so I think it's, it's the fight that, uh, that I love to be in and, uh, and encouraging each other on the way. I need encouragement. You know, you know how you can tell when somebody needs encouragement, Nicole? How, how can you tell? If they're breathing. <laughs> if they're breathing. You know, hey, we all need to be encouraged. So why not? I, you know, I took, I took, I say, you know, I, I call it freestyling. It's really just taking, taking the lid off this script that's got to be in life and say, hey, if we're giving our best every day, that's a wonderful thing. And if we're seeing the, the friends and the family and seeing the joy in that today, I mean, the past is history, the future's unknown, but what we do have is today to give it our best that we can do today. And when I can take a 16-year-old and a uh, 17, 18-year-old and, and say, hey, you need a paycheck. And I understand that's why you come to get a job, to get a paycheck. We all need a paycheck and a job. And I think work is one of the most amazing things. And uh, hard work is a wonderful thing. But at the same time, when you can see it with a purpose, when you can end your day and say, wow, I didn't just see that 
person as a transaction across the counter. You know what? I saw a person across the counter. I saw in that drive-through somebody that may have just found out their son or daughter is addicted, or maybe I saw a son, a, a one, a, a, a wife that's really struggling with a relationship. Or maybe I see a child that just really uh, that didn't make the team that they wanted to get on. And when I start seeing these things or the, or the beautiful things that are going on in their life, they're happy. You know, it's like when I can see that person and we call it a kindness pause. It's just taking a second. Maybe I take a deep breath and see the person across from me. Even though I'm doing my job and I'm going like this, if I can take one second and just take a deep breath and see something different. And when you can make a help help a team member connect those two of, wow, I ended my day. I got a paycheck, but I got to learn a little bit about about how to lift up the world and others in a different way. And when you make it's rewarding and it changes their job to not just a, a fast food job, but a job with a purpose and what they're doing. I think traditional business might tell us that, you know, the nice guy finishes last. Like you've got to keep your employees in line. They'll steal from you. They'll whatever, you know, uh, we can go on and on. When you uh, got your first Chick-fil-A restaurant, um, it, it was a failing venture, right? And you came in, to my understanding, and knew that the first thing that had to change was how the employees um, were treated and how they felt about themselves. Can you explain kind of the the switch in thinking there? Yeah, you know, I, I like to say, you know, being kind, um, and we have a saying we call kindness over everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just a mindset that we use. But being kind does not mean getting run over or, uh, or not standing up for something. It simply means being kind and seeing the person. So, yeah, when we started, when I started, I got my first uh, franchise for Chick Fil A. I it was not making any money. I had didn't know how to run a restaurant. The team members were were kind of running the place and uh, probably taking food home and different things like that that were not helping the profitability out. But it was really just saying, okay, I'm going to be in the fight with you. We're going to change. Um, the whole direction of what we're doing. And it is not a fast, uh, 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 it is not an overnight success when you take that approach. But certainly when you can realize the power of and, we kind of call it results and relationships. It's really not one or the other. It's really building and life is full of the power of the and of trying to do both things. And when you can really say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to understand the results, but I'm also going to start assume the best about the people we have here. And it's a mind shift to say, hey, I can come and say everybody's taken and nobody cares. Or I can say, hey, I'm going to assume the best and I'm going to start being in the fight with you. And it changes over time, that mentality. And you can find... You'll find one person that you can latch on as a business, then you find two, and then you can start to form a little. And it almost switches to where then being being anything but the culture you're creating is an anomaly, and it yeah. stands out as being weird. Yes. Yep, exactly. So what stands out as being weird about Chick-fil-A to my now 15-year-old son, are you ready for this? Yes. Is that uh, when he goes to Chick-fil-A, uh, and and he is served, he says, thank you. And then the person working says, my pleasure. Yes. And it is, it, it, it's like a, a thing that we talk about every time we go to Chick-fil-A because he's like, mom, 
they said my pleasure, you know, and, and he feels so respected by that. And he's just a teenage kid, right? Coming in with a few bucks to, to spend on something. So um, can you talk about why that was put in place uh, across the board at Chick-fil-A restaurants? Well, the life of Truett Cathy that really founded Chick-fil-A is very interesting. I mean, I, can, I find a lot of life lessons in, in somebody like him as a guide in me. And uh, to understand somebody that came overcame lots, he grew up in the depression, came through a lot of adversity. But really, he sat in front of us one day. I can still remember it and said, "Hey, why don't instead of saying um, when someone says thank you, instead of saying you're welcome, just switch it on them and give that different little perspective of my pleasure. My pleasure is simply a word that you can use, but it's really a, a spirit that changes. Says, "Hey, can I see things differently than what I see now?" So I think. Uh, we say, you know, you can say um, my pleasure is just a word that doesn't that rolls off the tongue or you can take it to the heart. So when we take things from the head and move it to the heart, it changes, uh, changes a lot. So when I can say my pleasure and look at somebody, it's just a it's just a different way to say I really care about you. Um, um, and so words matter. And so mm -hmm. it's one one of the words that just works for us. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that really resonated in your book um, was talking about margin and white space. And um, I think you call it your Java Java Beach, maybe? Yes. Is it Java yeah. Beach? Is that Java right? Java Beach. Ah, okay. So can you, can you share with us? Because I feel like it's so important that people um, go back to their Java Beach. Yes. Yeah. Java Beach for me, it was it was formed out of a, a coffee shop that I, in San Francisco that I came across. And it was just a place that we would meet. We were on a family vacation and we met at Java Beach. And this Java Beach became just a, a signature family saying about a place of restoration. So when you find a place, you're like, oh, this place is really my heart is lighter. I'm enjoying the things I'm doing. This is my Java Beach. Well, the Java Beach, really, you can find it all kinds. It can be with a, a friend that you're sitting with and having a cup of coffee. Um, it's where, Nicole, me and you were at the Oaks. The Oaks is a total Java Beach. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Oaks in San Diego is just a beautiful spot that Bob Goff, our friend, is, is carving out. He's carving out a Java Beach, a place that you can go rest and restore. Yes. You know, Ch Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. Did you know they'll do more in sales? then they're the third largest fast food company in America, which is crazy. Yeah. But taking Sundays off, Truett calls it his best business decision, taking Sundays off. So if we can take this mindset and say, hey, I've got to, I think a lot of this, um, Nicole, is in distractions. It's like the world's coming at us. How do we carve out the distractions and move distractions over can create a Java beach. You don't have to do everything. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the phone is an awesome thing. I say the world, I tell, I tell our, our folks, you know, today is the best, the best the world's ever been. I think it's just the most awesome world technology. The, the spirit of the next generation is amazing. I think they're an awesome generation, the best yet, but the distractions are greater and we've got to carve out that, that distraction of whether it's, whether it's a Netflix series or whether it's a, whether it's the, the social media or whether it's distraction of people's opinions in some ways, it just kind of bombards. I don't have to go change everybody. I say, you know, a food, ins a food inspector, a health inspector is a wonderful thing. They come in and score my stores and tell us, hey, you're doing a great job at this. They're very matter of fact. 
And I like, I like health inspectors at other food. It lets me know when I go eat somewhere, it's healthy and right. safe and it's a great place. But, but I don't need a health ins I don't need to be a health inspector in everybody's life. I don't need to grade everybody and tell them, Hey, here's your score. I'm not, I can just cheer them on. And that creates this Java beach where I don't have to feel like I've got to do everything. I can take the deep breath, create some margin, bookend your days. I love to, you know, end my day with uh, reading your book. I did that in a, a period of time. I read your book at night. It'd be the last thing I'd read going to bed was reading your book. And, uh, and it just ends the day versus social media or the things. I think there's ways. And then when you get up, I try and begin my day in another way where I'm creating space, where I allow God to come in to speak into it. And I allowed some time where I get to hear my own thoughts and write them down and share and gets me just, like I said, it's part of that renewing of the mind mm -hmm. daily. What do you see happens when people take that margin for themselves um, and, and they have that place of rest, of rejuvenation? How does that translate, that inward kindness? How does that translate outward to irrational kindness toward others then? Well, it lets you see it lets you see opportunities because I believe when we create this space that sometimes we're afraid of, we can be afraid of creating this space because it just feels awkward, you know, because our, you know, we have. I don't so know what much, to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, and uh, and I'm not one to look back and say, but you know, there was a time that you didn't. I don't know what we filled our brains with when this space we had the space when you didn't have a a phone to stare at. But if we'll be intentional and create that space and be a little brave and courageous of creating that space and just see what fills it. And I think you'll feel you'll find dreams come in there of things that you want to go after. You'll find a yeah, I'm busy, but I have time to do this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see needs. You know, gratefulness is the you know, I, I say gratefulness is one of the biggest things that I think you can fill that time with. It's just creating space and say, what am I grateful for today? And then how am I going to reflect that? So it may be, you know, I don't know how long it ta takes to uh, write a note to somebody to say thank you, but I'd say it probably takes four minutes. You know, if you're going to write a note, put a stamp on it and address it probably takes another minute. So in five minutes, you could write a letter. If you did it six days a week, you'd have 300 people. You said you mean something to me or I'm just grateful for you. So, you know, there's there's ways we can do different things if we'll create this space. And I believe it shines. It is it takes the courage of a lion, though. It is not easy to do. You have to be intentional. And that's why I say you almost are mirroring it with what distractions can I remove so I can create that space. Yeah, I love it. So Kevin, I love to ask people on the kindness podcast for their favorite kindness story. It can be from any time in your life. It can be something you did and just how it made you feel or something you received and, you know, kindness showed up at just the right moment. Um, it doesn't have to be big. It can be little, but I'm just hoping you have something that you might share with us today. I'll tell you one fun thing that we're doing. I'm doing today. Okay. And um, it's a story of where, uh, and I write about it in the book. It's called My Hero. My Hero is Alex Gomez. He, he works for us. So he's a guy that came in, crossed. His father died when he was four years old and electrocuted in Mexico. And his mother comes over to the U.S. Um, to make a better way, leaves him, him and all his siblings with their grandmother. And about 10 years later, he finally gets back over to the United States. He's 
to meet her. He's happy. He's living in his car, picking fruits and vegetables in the hot California sun, but he's happy to be with his mother. And uh, here he is continuing to, uh, you know, learn very little English, but he came into my store one day in Canton, Georgia, and, uh, and he had a ponytail down his, in that, down his back. But, um, um, but I saw something in him that I just loved. And it was really just a journey to, to see a guy and see a person where they're going versus where they are today mm-hmm. is the fight that I'm in. Cause it's easy to see somebody and like that person's wonky, but I wonder where they're headed. And sometimes if we'll be hang in there and give them a little space. They'll get to where we, we hope they go certainly with some encouragement, but I've just got to enjoy at my friendship with Alex over the past 20 um, something years. And, uh, so he, he eventually, the short stories eventually went and got a two-year degree, which was amazing. Um, and then I, I, I challenged him a few years ago. I said, what if you beat your son? His son's at Georgia Tech, which is a very hard school. So here he is. His son's at Georgia Tech. He's just he just uh, leads all our three stores. And he's graduating here. Uh, and tonight is his senior um, his senior honors that uh, we're going to be going to where he's going to get recognized as one of the top students in his, at the university. And so, you know, it's just walking alongside somebody and he cares for me and I care for him. And I think it's just that journey of, we get to experience. We, we, we named, uh, we call it Alex Gomez day. The city of Canton gave him a key to the city and called it Alex Gomez day. We make it the biggest deal. It's coming on May 17th. So uh, a few days ago, we, um, we, um, got him, got him to do this video. And I was, I I got him to present about food that we were going to be rolling out at Chick-fil-A. Well, I stopped it in the middle and I said, Hey, we just want to, we just want to honor you for your graduation. So we named, um, we're going to give away 10, $2,500 scholarships, $25,000 annually called the Alex Gomez scholarship in his name to our team. So we're going to give away additional 10 things, just two things. We're going to do a bench that's going to be a permanent fixture at the university. We're sending him and his family on a trip. It's just a way to to recognize somebody that's persevered. And it's encouragement to me that anybody can do it. And and anybody listening can get encouragement from Alex Gomez. Because if you feel stuck or you feel you know, I don't have what is take, or I have low confidence, or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't have all the resources. You can learn from those around you and be that, let that, let find those little bright lights and keep just kind of walking along together and allow um, people to walk alongside, beside you. And that's what is, that's a, That's the kindest thing that I just love and, and continue to, to celebrate. It's not a one, one hit wonder. It's a, it's a journey of a lifetime. Yeah. Well, isn't that beautiful? Well, I didn't even I didn't even tell people yet uh, that the the sales from your book go to foster and adopted kids and families in crisis. So we we didn't even hit on your heart for philanthropy and your generosity. We just talked about the book, but man, I thank you for for the things that you do with that. Is there anything you want to add about that? Absolutely. No, all 100% of the proceeds go to foster adopt children. We have a journey of of we have a space we call the farm yeah. and it's 15 acres where we see 
where we could house and encourage parents of foster adopt children, foster adopt children to see a different path, to see maybe, hey, you don't have to go down this traditional path. A welding is a beautiful thing. Artistry is a beautiful job to create these different things, to let them see the beauty and wherever the path that they see and to, to inspire them in a setting that really encourages them, uh, encourages parents of those, um, because it's such an important part of our society to lift those up, mm-hmm. lift those uh, families going through crisis up. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, I could sit and talk to you all day, but I will, I will, I will let you go because I know that you have important work to do. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you, friends, for for being. Uh, um, here with us on the Kindness Podcast today. Kevin's book is called Irrational Kindness, and you have a website. I do. You can go check it out. We did a little book tour all the way up to New York on on deposited kindness on every state along the way. It was a it was an adventure to do in the middle of COVID, but we pulled it off. Nicole, I just want to say thank for thank you for you, your steadfast, your encouragement to to each of us. Um, to live a life of purpose, but, you know, just to, to be on the journey with us. Um, because like I said, it's renewing of the mind every day and what you're doing is doing that. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm glad to have you as a friend. Thanks. Same here, Kevin. Thank you. That was a conversation with Chick-fil-A franchisee, Kevin Williams. His new book is called Irrational Kindness, A Crazy Pursuit of an Extraordinary Life. Learn more at irrationalkindness.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. 